Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I am Mark Sievercrop, and I apologize for not having um, a, a couple episodes last week, but I was off camping with the young men. I'm currently the young men's president in my ward, so I was camping with them, uh, spending some time hanging out, uh, doing some s'mores and campfires and uh, all that fun stuff and and uh, just enjoying some time with the young men. So I appreciate you understanding, uh, but I was fulfilling <laughs> my calling. So And then this week, uh, my daughter has a horse show. So I'm going to be out of town Wednesday through Friday, and I'm hoping to get some episodes recorded for you before I leave um, or find some time in the evening to do it. But just be warned, I am going to be out of town. I'm going to be spending time with my family and my daughter um, so I'll do my very best to get to these episodes, but you have been forewarned. So today, as I was studying through this week's readings, I, I was really impressed with how Paul handled um, the way he was attacked um, and treated and accused of things, and it just really impressed me. And the reason it did was because, you know, it's so easy today to look everywhere, uh, in religion, in society, in uh, culture, everywhere, and to see a ends-justify-the-means mentality. What do I mean by that? I mean, people that, that look at it and say, my cause is so important that it warrants behaviors that otherwise would be frowned upon, otherwise wouldn't be okay, wouldn't be accepted um, in society. You know, and if you look in throughout history and uh, throughout and across all major religions, certainly this has been the case, you know, whether it's, um, you know, groups in, in the Jewish religion or uh, Christian groups um, in the Muslim religion, there's always groups of people who most times outside of the actual teachings of that religion believe that the ends justify the means. As a matter of fact, we've seen that even in our own history in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where certain people have taken it upon themselves to think that the cause is so important as to justify um, certain, uh, quite frankly, atrocities, um, things that aren't okay. But I think it's important as we think about that to think and look back to the Savior's teachings when he visited the Nephites in the Book of Mormon. In 3 Nephi, chapter 11, the Savior says, Verily I say unto you, he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me, 
but is of the devil, who is the father of contention, and he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. Behold, this is not my doctrine to stir up the hearts of men with anger one against another, but it but this is my doctrine that such things should be done away. You know, so the Savior very clearly teaches there that contention is not what he wants. It's not what he teaches. It's not what he encourages. It's not what the Spirit encourages. So anyone that's stirring up contention, one against another, is not doing so with the sanction of the Savior or the Spirit. And in Acts 24, Paul clearly shows that he understands and lives this important teaching of the Savior Jesus Christ, which, by the way, is impressive because earlier in his life, he certainly did not do so. You know, he certainly, uh, you know, he condoned the, the stoning of people. He condoned throwing people in prison and, and taking away their rights because they didn't believe what he believed. So his heart had changed to where he no longer acted that way. And and there's a couple of verses that I want to share here. You know, we have Paul who is... Um, who is interacting with Jews in, let me see, I can't remember exactly where he was. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Nope, I can't. But uh, when he was interacting in, uh, you know, we have uh, Claudius, who is a centurion, and he ends up protecting Paul and and taking Paul away from where he um, most certainly would have been killed. You know, there was 40, more than 40 Jews who had conspired. And it says in uh, chapter 23 and verse 12 that they had uh, bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat or nor drink till they had killed Paul. So they said, look, we're not going to eat again until we kill him, which obviously means it was going to happen soon. Well, Claudius finds out about this um, because Paul's nephew is sent to Claudius to tell him. Claudius takes Paul and delivers him away, sends a letter to the governor, Felix, saying, hey, you know, it explains everything that's happened. Hey, this guy's a, a Roman citizen. Uh, he was about to be killed by the Jews, so I'm sending him to you. So Felix basically says, okay, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to call the, the elders, the leaders of the Jews here, so they can tell their side of the story. Paul, you can tell your side, and then I'll decide what to do. So Ananias, the high priest, and, and several others come, and they basically say, you know, Paul's trying to stir up trouble, and he's causing sedition, and he's he's causing the people to be upset and riot and all these things. And Paul, when he responds, this is what he says. He says, because that thou, that thou mayest understand that there are yet but 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem for it to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogues, nor in the city, neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. So he says, look, I, I was in the temple, and they can't prove anything because I wasn't disputing with anybody. I wasn't arguing with anybody. I wasn't trying to stir up the people. I wasn't trying to cause riots. I was just worshiping in the temple. He goes on to say, in verse 17, Now after many years I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings, whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me 
excuse me, oh, found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult. So he's like, look, I, I was there in the temple. I was washed um, and clean as I was supposed to be, to be in the temple. And I wasn't with a bunch of people. I wasn't causing a, pro- a problem. I wasn't causing an uproar of any kind. He goes on to say, who ought to have been here before thee and object if they had ought against me? So he's like, look, if I was causing this issue, there should be people here to tell us about it. And then he says, or else lest these same here say, if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called into que- in question by you this day. So he says, look, there's nothing that we were arguing about. He said, the only thing that they've said is that I bore testimony of the resurrection of the dead. That's the only thing. And he essentially kind of tells them, look, and even then I wasn't arguing. I wasn't causing an uproar. They asked me about something and I told them about it. So because of Paul doing this, and this is the point that I want to make today, because of the way he did this, essentially Felix heard it and he said, well, I need to hear from Claudius Lysias, who was the centurion. And while he was waiting to hear from him, and it never really says if Claudius actually came, but it basically says he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. So essentially he says, well, you've got to stay in, you got to stay, um, you know, in custody, but, Basically, you can do whatever you want, and your friends can come see you. Um, they can minister to you however they want. And it says that even after a while, Felix came to Paul with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jew, and they talked to him about Christ. And it says that Christ, uh, that Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. And it says that Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And so Felix listens to Paul and his wife, Drusilla, listens to Paul. And because of it, basically Felix says, okay, you can go free. Like if I need to talk to you, I will, uh, but just go and do it, do what you want. You know, um, you know, it says that, uh, you know, he was, he was still, he was still, under lock and key, I guess, but he pretty much could do whatever he wanted. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, had Paul done anything, literally anything, the slightest little thing to cause trouble, had he argued or fought or stirred up the people in any little bit, would he have had the opportunity to teach Felix and Drusilla? I don't think so. You know, he was found, essentially found innocent. You know, Felix basically believed him because he allowed him to have his freedom. He allowed him to to do what he pleased. He came and talked to him and interacted with him and, you know, must have, um, you know, developed some sort of relationship with him. If he had had a, a reason not to do that, it probably wouldn't happen. You know, it's not like Felix was really on his side to begin with. But because Paul had acted how he did, he was able to win over a neutral party. He was able to have an opportunity to teach Felix, to bear testimony to him, to teach him about, like it says, righteousness, temperance, and judgment. 
but only because of the way he acted. Because Paul did not fall into the ends justifies the means mentality. He followed the Savior's counsel, you know, to do away with contention, to live the law, to be peaceful, to bear testimony like was his calling as an apostle, but to do so in a manner that would honor the Savior and the things that the Savior taught about being peaceful, about being kind, about being Christ-like. And it's because of that that he had those opportunities. And I think it's a great lesson for us because if anyone, you know, Paul over and over again is, is thrown in the prison, thrown in the jail, you know, just like Joseph Smith and Joseph Smith did the same thing. You know, never once, you know, did they do anything to lead, to give anyone any ability to argue against them. And Paul's such a great example of that. And I think it's something that we need to remember when we have people that are um, attacking us or arguing with us or um, putting us down or, or disparaging our beliefs to understand and realize that we can take the high ground. We can take the moral high road. We don't have to act the way they do. We don't have to contend with them. We can be peaceful. We can bear testimony, like Paul did, of the resurrection. But we can do so in a manner that is dignified and worthy of the actions of a disciple of the Lord. So I have one question for you today, just one. And that question is, how important is it for us, as followers of Christ, to not get angry and contentious with those who attack us. And you can get the links to all the resources mentioned today at everydayconversion.com forward slash 097. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.